Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Sunday, October 15th, 2023, and I'm here with a few thoughts on number three Ohio State's 41-7 pasting of the Purdue Boilermakers in ross Age Stadium yesterday afternoon. Well, look, I mean, I, <laughs> I got myself all in a kerfluffle over nothing, as it would turn out. But I thought there was good reason to be concerned coming into this game. No Emeka Ibuka, no Trey Henderson, no Mayan Williams. Then all of a sudden, no Chip Trainum, who had to leave the game with what looked like a concussion. No problem. The Buckeyes roll. It was never in doubt. 486 yards of total offense for Ohio State. A combined 17 of 30 for 334 yards passing and four passing touchdowns from Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Once again, Dallin Hayden to the rescue in the run game. 11 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Hayden averaged 6.9 yards per carry. I think it's clear Dallin Hayden has to have a role in this offense. He gives you something different from the other backs. He gives you vision. He gives you the ability to kind of squeeze every yard out of every carry. He runs north-south. He runs with good burst. He runs with strength. I think Dallin Hayden has to be a part of the plan moving forward. I thought it was ridiculous when Ryan Day said in his media availability that they were going to redshirt him. You're running at a national championship. It should be all hands on deck in the run game. We can't rely on Trey Henderson. That should be abundantly clear at this stage. Health-wise, you just can't rely on him. I don't think you can rely on Mayan Williams either. I mean, when he has played this season, he's looked like a shell of himself. He was unavailable yesterday. So Dallin Hayden has to be a part of the plan running the football for Ohio State. We know Chip Trainum, hopefully, the I assume it's a concussion that he sustained. Hopefully, he'll clear concussion protocol and will be available moving forward. But to me, it's got to be Hayden, Chip Trainum, and then and then whatever you can get out of Trey Henderson, whatever you can get. I don't know what you can rely on from him, but I think those those are your three lead guys, in my opinion. Hayden's got to be a part of the plan. And this idea that he should be redshirted, just ridiculous. I mean, you need to flush that plan if you're Ohio State. It was a bit of an off day for Marvin Harrison Jr. He finished with 105 yards receiving and a touchdown. And I guess that speaks to his greatness if he finishes with 100 yards receiving and a touchdown and we say he had an off day. But he was targeted 13 times, only six receptions, and he had several uncharacteristic drops. We also saw a drop from Julian Fleming as well. I thought Kyle McCord was good in this game. He finished 16 to 28, 276 yards, 9.9 yards per attempt, three touchdowns. He was under duress most of the game. And I said this coming in, that's the one thing that the Purdue defense does well. They do a good job of getting pressure on quarterbacks. And they did come after Kyle McCord in this game. In his postgame column, Bill Landis noted that Purdue blitzed Kyle McCord on 80% of his dropbacks. And McCord was pretty damn good against the Blitz. He was 11 of 23 for 178 yards and two touchdowns. And four of those incompletions were drops. So I thought this was actually a pretty good test for McCord and the Ohio State offensive line against a a defense that's good at bringing pressure because they're going to see a ton of pressure next week against Penn State and a defense that actually does it better. So I thought this was a good tune-up for McCord and the offensive line for Penn State. And I, I thought they passed the test reasonably well. Uh, Now, they did actually, Purdue did get to McCord a couple times. They sacked him three times. They did get the strip sack on McCord that led to Purdue's only score of the game. They did sack him one other time, and uh, McCord was uh, 
ultimately uh, flagged for a intentional grounding. Initially, the play was ruled a fumble, but then upon review, it was ruled an incomplete pass, and they ended up flagging him for intentional grounding. So McCord, I think, has to be a little bit better at sensing pressure, at stepping up in the pocket, and then when he does go down, he's got it. He's got to protect that football. So that's one area of, of, you know, McCord has to get better. But overall, I thought he was good again today. Again, 16 of 28, 276 yards, 9.9 yards per attempt, three touchdown passes. And I also liked what I saw out of the young guys. Carnell Tate, three receptions, 79 yards. He had a 55-yard explosive down the middle of the field. It was funny. He slowed down on the play. I think he thought the defensive back was closer than he was. And Tate might have even scored on the play if he just kept running. But... Uh, you know, sky's the limit for Carnell Tate. We also saw Brandon Innes for the first time this season with a long touchdown reception, 58 yards. That throw was from Devin Brown, and it was a garbage time, but still, hell of a catch and run for the touchdown by Brandon Innes. And we saw another very productive day out of Cade Stover, four receptions for 53 yards, two touchdowns, a couple of catches in traffic by Stover that were excellent. And his first touchdown grab at the goal line was a hell of a catch. The ball was thrown behind him. There's a lot of mustard on the ball from McCord. Stover is quickly becoming one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the country. Um, love what I'm seeing out of Cade Stover. And he stepped up when Ohio State really needed him with Noah Mecca Buka. We also saw a new wrinkle from the Ohio State offense, and I'm not sure I liked it. And that was Devin Brown in a red zone package. I think Ohio State needs to flush this thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, Brown did score on, I think it was Ohio State's second possession of the game. He, he scored Ohio State's second touchdown for two yards out. But then on the, on the ensuing possession, Brown is, fumbles as he crosses the goal line. Look, I, I still maintain, you, Ohio State doesn't get anything really different in the run game with Brown. I think he and McCord are pretty much identical athletes. And, and I look, I, I would much prefer them hand it off to Dallin Hayden than use Brown in the run game. I'd be very, very surprised if we see that red zone package against Penn State. Ohio State cannot afford to dick around with its red zone opportunities against uh, against Penn State next week. Though I do appreciate Ryan Day trying to do something different in the red zone, recognizing that the red zone has been an area where the offense has struggled big time this season. So I, I give them, you know, I give them high marks for trying something different though. I, I just don't think Devin Brown gives them anything uh, in the run game that is dynamic and you got to take care of the football and you can't be fumbling crossing the goal line. So I hope they flush that. I, 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 I was not a fan of the, the red zone package. And also I think when you take McCord off the field, you interrupt his, his groove, you interrupt his flow. And I think the most important thing here, quarterback-wise for Ohio State, is the continued development of McCord. Don't take him off the field. Let him stay on the field. Keep, you know, and also, you know, don't, don't take Marvin Harrison Jr. off the field in red zone situations either. I think they did that at least once. So not a fan of the red zone package. I'll be interested to hear what Paige and Chad thought of that. Um, otherwise, though, a very good day for the Ohio State offense in the face of some key absences. And I thought this game had all the trappings of a slog for the offense. I was worried that it had upset potential, this game, and the Ohio State offense delivered. And, you know, I give them credit for for showing a little bit of character, a little bit of toughness uh, in that setting yesterday in conditions that were not ideal weather-wise to be down key personnel and to, to win going away, really leaving no doubt. Uh, despite that, I thought we learned a little something about Ohio State today that was very positive. 
Now, defensively, look, the beat continues to go on for the Ohio State defense. You know, we, we know this Purdue offense, not world beaters by by any stretch. But anytime you can go on the road and hold a Big Ten opponent to 257 total yards of offense and, you know, one score at garbage time, you, you have to love it. You have to appreciate it. What can I say about the, the Ohio State defensive line? I, I think they continue to evolve and are rounding into a, a very dangerous, very dangerous unit. I mean, Tyleek Williams, again, two tackles for loss. He batted down a couple of passes. We had a Jack Sawyer sighting yesterday. He finished with one and a half sacks. JT Tuimolo, wow, also one and a half sacks. The Buckeyes finished with nine tackles for loss in this game. They sack Hudson Card three times. I know it's Purdue. I know they have had trouble protecting Hudson Card. He's on pace to probably be sacked 30 times this season. But look, you got to celebrate the accomplishments and the, the the small wins along the way. The Ohio State pass rush has been something we've been really critical of. Uh, but yesterday, you know, they were they were very good and they delivered as we thought they might. So give them credit for that. Uh, the high state linebackers, though, um, you know, it looked like it was it was another rough day for Steel Chambers. He had to be replaced almost immediately by Cody Simon, and actually Simon played more snaps. Then Chambers, 45 for Simon, only 32 for Chambers. Eichenberg was solid yesterday. I, I kind of felt like, um, you know, Purdue got something, a little something going in the run game with Devin Maccabi. Several times, uh, Maccabi, you know, sprung some long runs, and the linebackers were nowhere to be found. I thought a couple times the linebackers were slow, uh, rotating over. To, to tackle, uh, you know, Purdue ball carriers. Now, Devin Mockaby finished with 110 yards on 18 carries, 6.1-yard average. Now, most of those yards weren't very impactful. And I, I don't know if if this portends issues defending the run moving forward against Penn State or Michigan. Ohio State has otherwise been pretty good against the run. But it was another off day, I thought, by the linebackers. Now, Ohio State fans are going to continue to clamor for C.J. Hicks. But I think Jim Knowles trusts Cody Simon a lot more. I mean, that that much is clear, right? Simon is going to be the man, I think, that might emerge and take Steel Chambers' job from him. And, and we'll start alongside Tommy Eichenberg. Not a, not a ton of run for C.J. Hicks yesterday, and I know that's going to be disappointing for a lot of fans. C.J. Hicks finished with, I think, 11 snaps played. Uh, I think he did have uh, one tackle. Yeah, 11 snaps for C.J. Hicks. I think, though, at linebacker, they got to continue to get better. Um, it's it's been an off season for Eichenberg. You know he was a second team All American last year. A lot of explosive, a lot of uh, splash plays for Eichenberg. Sacks, tackles for loss. He had a pick six against Iowa last season, but he has not been nearly as impactful for this defense. I know he's being asked to do some different things this year, and Ohio State has been less aggressive, uh, you know, in, in blitz situations. Although yesterday I thought Jim Knowles had a little bit of. Uh, he had a little bit of cushion to to uh, take more risks coming after uh, Hudson Card with blitzes. They blitzed a lot more in this game. I thought Ohio State did. I, I, I don't have any numbers here in front of me, but that's the one thing I'll say about this defense. The one, if we, if we can call it a weakness, they're not as impactful at linebacker this year as last. I still think Tommy Eichenberg's a very good player. I still think he's going to, he's going to, he'll make some plays for this defense. We're, we're going to see him make some plays against the likes of Penn State and Michigan. I still really trust Eichenberg. Uh, I think I trust Cody Simon. He seemed to play pretty well yesterday. Overall PFF grade for Cody Simon, 69.8.
Now, there was some unfortunate news, and perhaps I should have led with this, talking about the defense. Denzel Burke had to leave the game with an injury. I don't know what happened. I did not see him go down. I found out about the injury through one of the text services that I subscribed to. I think it was the Buckeye Talk guys had mentioned that he was on the sidelines. He had to be helped off the field by the training staff. He was in the medical tent. Look, that is an injury Ohio State can ill afford, even though they do have good depth at corner. Uh, you know, it's Jordan Hancock is the next man up, of course. I think we might see a little bit more Jermaine Matthews. Uh, I, Davison Igmanosin has played very well. So fortunately, there's some depth there. But Denzel Burke was playing at an All-American level. And man, what the hell is going on with injuries for the Buckeyes? Second year in a row, key personnel, their top-line guys, you know, down with injuries. Emeka Ibuka, Trey Henderson, and now Denzel Burke. Man, I, I really hope all these injuries are something that uh, will not linger beyond this week. But I just, I just don't know what the hell is going on with injuries. Is it the playing surface in Ohio Stadium? I know, you know, they were on the road playing at Purdue yesterday. But, you know, some folks have blamed the playing surface on the practice field at the, at the shoe. Uh, we know that Mickey Marotti's been getting a lot of heat from some folks on the Ohio State beat. I have no idea how to assess that part of, you know, strength and conditioning. But I know there's been some criticism of Marotti not, you know, not getting his players uh, conditioned to the extent they need to be to avoid these types of injuries, these soft tissue injuries. Although, you know, we don't know what Burke's injury is. But, man, second season in a row, injuries playing a, a major, major role. So how do we evaluate this performance by the Buckeyes? I think anytime you can go on the road and get a 41-7 win against a Big Ten opponent in bad weather, shorthanded as they were, down key personnel, you have to love it. You have to celebrate it. You have to feel really positive about it. I think if we look at this performance through the lens of was it good enough to beat Penn State or Michigan, yeah. In a lot of areas, I, I think it was. Now, they have to continue to get better. Kyle McCord has to continue to evolve, and I think that he will. Uh, you know, Marvin Harrison has to be more locked in than he was yesterday, and I think no doubt he will be against the likes of the Penn States and the Michigans. But I love what I'm seeing out of the defense. I think they continue to evolve on the defensive line. We started to, see, I think we're starting to see them get more consistent pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, they were a little loose against the run, so we do need to see some improvements, as I said, at linebacker and against the run. They're going to see much better running games in Penn State and, and Michigan, to be sure. But um, I love their depth. I love their positional versatility on defense. And I think they also offensively got some answers in the run game with Dallin Hayden. That might have been a big reveal from this game. Ohio State has a back I think they can trust to get them uh, to get them positive yardage when they need it. Ohio State just needs to be a threat in the run game. They don't. That does not have to be their identity. Um, as I said earlier, I think <laughs> I, I appreciate them trying to be creative and, and think of, of you know and try something different in the red zone with with that red zone package with Devin Brown. That's something I think they need to shelve. I, you cannot dick around in the red zone with that package against the likes of Penn State and Michigan. But I give them high marks for for creativity. Um, so I, I feel really good about this team heading into Penn State next week. I think the early line is Ohio State minus five or minus five and a half. I think the, the defense matches up well with the Penn State offense. I, I'm not all that taken with Penn State offensively. I don't think Drew Aller is all that. I'm not even sure Katron Allen and Singleton in the run game are very explosive. Last time I checked, I don't have the numbers here in front of me, but 
they're only averaging about four yards per carry in the run game. They're not a very explosive offense. Now, you know, they look like world beaters yesterday yesterday against UMass, winning 63 to nothing. But I mean, come on, it's UMass. I, I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. That's that's my early take on it. I You know, this over, I'd set the over under like you know, under 40 for sure. I think, I don't know if that's what it'll actually be, but I think that's where the game is going to be played. We're going to spend a lot more time diving into that game here in the coming week, probably on Thursday, Chad, Paige and I will have a look at that game. So I don't want to spend too much time looking at it, but I feel good about Ohio State going into that game. And I feel good about where Ohio State is relative to some of the other teams around the country. I mean, Alabama really struggled against Arkansas. They escaped with a 24-21 win at home against Arkansas. I don't think Georgia looked all that great against Vanderbilt, and they ended up winning by 17, but that game was closer than it needed to be. Now, Michigan, man, they continue to roll. They just pummeled Indiana 52-7, to and they, you know, I hate to say it, I hate to admit it, but they look like the most complete team in the country. They look like a juggernaut. Now, they've not played anybody. We're going to learn a lot more about Michigan Late in the season in November, they have a pretty tough gauntlet they need to run on the road at Penn State, on the road at Maryland, and then they and then before they get Ohio State. So we'll know a lot more about Michigan at that stage. But early returns, man, they look really, really good. And they're doing what they're supposed to do against shitty competition, which is just, you know, wiping the floor with them. And that's what they did with Indiana yesterday, 52 to 7. And actually, Indiana led that game 7 nothing. Then Michigan scores 52 un- unanswered. Um, I think if you watched Notre Dame pummel USC yesterday as they did and as everyone expected in Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend, you're an Ohio State fan. You have to you have to feel really good about having gone in there and beaten that Notre Dame team a few weeks ago as they did. All right. I think that's going to do it for me. I'm going to leave things there. I was kind of freestyling it today. I didn't do my usual prep for the pod. I just didn't have it in me. It was a long, long afternoon watching college football yesterday. And of course I had uh, a few libations <laughs> while I was watching all the action. So you can expect a podcast from the three of us, Paige, Chad, and myself looking at the Penn State game, probably on Thursday. Until then, thanks so much for listening and go Bucks. been listening to the south stands a buckeye football podcast you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com